Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Well, here we are for another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon. We are joined by Luke Grimm, University of Kansas Health System, our big sponsor for the Jayhawker Podcast. Today, we are remote. Couldn't get us everyone together, so we thought we'd do it this way, but uh, wanted to welcome Luke Grimm, last week's hero from the BYU game. Only had two catches, but both of them were home runs. Luke, welcome to the Jayhawker podcast. Thank you guys for having me. You got to be just loving this. I mean, you've been around a long time. Uh, you're somewhat local, Raymore, Missouri. You come to town and, you know, been through a coaching change, been through some tough, tough times, but just talk about, we, we had Quentin Lasseter on. We've had some other guys that have, have been through the rebuild. Talk about how special it is to be a part of back-to-back 4-0 teams after what you endured only three years ago. Yeah, I mean, coming here my freshman year and, uh, you know, COVID hitting and everything, and, you know, there was literally not a fan in the stadium our first season that no one was allowed. It was just if you didn't travel, you had to sit in the stands because we weren't allowed to, you know, all be on the sideline together. So just from that four years ago to, you know, last Saturday with sold out stadium and then last year with sold out stadium three times is awesome. And, uh, you know, going from not winning a game freshman year to two games sophomore year and then 10 games over the last season and a half. It's a huge change. And, you know, we've all been grinding under Coach Leipold and his staff. And a lot of people are surprised by the success that we're having. But everyone in the building understands that, you know, this has been the goal and this is what we've been working for. Man, Luke, did you see the turnaround happening uh, this fast? Again, being a, a Kansas City area kid, and Ray Peck in Missouri, I'm sure you had your eye on the Jayhawks uh, during your recruiting process and, and, and thinking, hey, at some point in time, it'd be nice to get to this. But uh, to be able to be here now, did you think that it would happen that fast? And then also, like, why KU? You know, growing up on the Missouri side with, uh, you know, other football programs in the state, in the area, what is it that, uh, that stood out to you about wanting to become a Jayhawk? Yeah, um, you know, as far as wanting to come here, the – my wide receiver class was probably the biggest reason was how close I was with all of those guys in the class. Cause we took, there was nine of us and it's, there's only four of us here from that class still, but of that nine, all nine of us have a group chat together from five years ago, whenever we made it. And, you know, we talk to each other every day, you know, other guys that are at other schools that transferred away, we all like, you know, wish them good luck for their games, talk to them about how the games go. So that was the biggest for me was how close I was with them and like how special of a bond we created. And then it was close to home. My family, my family would be able to see my grandparents, my friends would be able to come to every game. They'd be able to go to, you know, away games because, you know, they go to Kansas state, Oklahoma, stuff like that, where it's not too far away. And then, you know, for this turnaround, as soon as Coach Leipold's staff got here, I could tell that 
you know, it was a complete change of, you know, leadership. It was a complete change of how things were going to be ran, but I knew that it was for the better. And I knew that, you know, they were coming in, they meant business and we were going to turn around quick and quicker than anybody else thought. Well, let's talk about BYU a little bit and your season as we run through the numbers. I mean, you've had 13 receptions, 175 yards, but three touchdowns, two of which came against BYU. You look at your receiving core with Lawrence Arnold, Jared Casey, Quentin Skinner, Trevor Cardell catches one, and then you throw in Devin Neal because he's so dangerous out of the backfield. But talk about all the weapons that came back and, and how exciting it is to have a guy like Jalen Daniels that can sling it like the best in the country. Yeah, having, you know, having that group of guys in the receiver, tight end, running back room that is able to just, you know, make plays after play and uh, just like create separation, create plays that, you know, most people don't create like Devin, you know, he if there's a one on one, I'm taking him every single time against the other guy. And then Quentin Skinner, you know, he's fast as lightning bolt and he's just bolting down the field. LJ can, you know, out jump, out catch. He's insane with his routes. And then like the tight ends, you know, they're just like, you know, every time one of our tight ends is making a catch, it seems like somebody's oohing and awe about it, whether it's, you know, Mason over the shoulder last year against TCU, you know, Jared this year, Trevor's acrobatic catch, stuff like that. And then of course, you know, the guy that's throwing it to us, Jalen, he's, you know, putting it where only we can catch him and making it look like great plays that we're making. Well, I know that uh, Greg had talked about the type of season you're having this year. My mind can't help but go back to uh, that incredible performance. Uh, back in Memphis, Tennessee against the Razorbacks, you had 10 catches for 167 yards. Was was uh, Even though that game didn't finish like we all hoped it would, was the productivity and the confidence that you built uh, from that last game of the season uh, in 2023 help you uh, have that same type of confidence uh, getting off to such an incredible start this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, I like to, you know, I like to try to prove as many people wrong as I can because growing up in high school and, you know, in Little, Little League, a bunch of people just like said I was too small. I wasn't going to be good enough. I couldn't make it at this level. And so, you know, to just constantly prove them wrong and keep proving myself that I know why I'm here with a game like that to end the year where, you know, everyone was like, oh, it's SEC, this is real, like this is real defense, this is going to be real ball. And to just show them that, you know, I am the receiver who I think I am really builds a lot of confidence for me. And then like, as far as our team, you know, Jalen throwing for 500 yards and us putting up 53 points, that was a big confidence for us of, you know, we are the team on offense who we think we were, you know, we, we could score with anybody, we could hang with anyone. Well, we just covered offense, but I think the big question mark throughout the offseason after the Liberty Bowl was what was the defense going to be able to do? Could you know, We know all the weapons back on offense, Kansas was going to be great, and Jalen throwing it around, but talk about the defense and how much, that, how much energy that gives you. Last week, two touchdowns scored by the defense. Kobe Bryant, which will be the hit of the year, hit, scoop, score, and then the interception to start the second half to run it back. How how much energy does that give you guys when the defense can go out and do what they did? Yeah, I was uh, – at the end of the game, I was talking to Coach Samuel about it. Um, you know, we go four and out 
after that, or we, we go for it on fourth down and don't get it. And, you know, two plays later, we're kicking the ball off because our defense just scored a touchdown. So we went from, you know, a low of, you know, we don't want to turn the ball over in that sense in any fashion. We want to score every time we get on the field. But the fact of the defense is scoring for us and multiple times in the same game that we were, that's about as big as it gets from them. And from a defensive perspective to put up 14 points, that's huge. And, you know, like I could have told you that it was going to happen and it probably will happen again. The, like the amount of energy and passion that our defense plays with right now is like, it's obvious to us that it's a result of how hard they practice from spring ball to fall camp to every practice throughout the week. The guys are flying around. Like, even if it's, you know, we're going in spiders and we're not even tackling each other. We're just tagging off. You know, people are simulating like they're making big hits on people and, you know, trying to strip the ball out, going for interceptions, trying to force fumbles. So it's no surprise to anybody in the Kansas facility. Man, well, that certainly was an incredible play uh, that Kobe Bryant had made. But actually up until that point last Saturday, my favorite play for the season was the 48-yard snag that you made against Illinois uh, going into uh, into halftime. Illinois kind of took the little bit of the momentum, um, you know, having a couple quick scores, tying the ball game there, and you made a circus catch. Uh, walk us through what that was like. Walk us through that play. Walk us through uh, the, the, the long jump ball that you had to get, your timings, bringing it down. Just help us get a, a better insight to, to what you were thinking as that play developed. Yeah. Um, so I was running an over route, and I look about 10 yards at the middle of the field to try to gauge if I'm going to go you know, behind a backer, under a safety, where that, you know, middle defender is. And when I looked back, I saw JD was scrambling out to the right. And so when we work scramble rules all the time, we got to get in phase with the quarterback and you got to look and see where, you know, the receivers on that side of the field are. And the receiver behind me was Quentin and he was on the sideline and I looked at him and he worked down the field. And so I'm like, I've got to work up the field. And as I'm working up the field, I look behind me and I don't see anyone, so I'm like, I've got to be wide open. There's no one near me, so I just keep going. And at the same time as I did that, I see J.D. Point go up the field, and he launches it, and that defender is, you know, coming, running towards me, and I'm facing to him. So I know that it's going to be an easy catch for me as long as I don't, like, telegraph that the ball's right here and I'm about to catch it. So I would just wait, wait until he got – to my body and then just jumped like this over his side. And it was like you said, it was a circus catch, but to like the wide receiver room, it's a catch that we work on all the time. Ooh, I love it. I love it that a circus catch to a fan, a catch that made the whole stadium erupt, the catch that actually led to a touchdown a few plays later. You guys, you guys call that routine. I love that. That's a layup. Just a layup. Yeah, because he's not looking, so it's like he can't do anything besides just hope that we don't catch it. And it's our job to catch football, so we might as well get good at it. That's right, man. Don't do your job. Bad. Yeah, yeah. That's our thing. Do our job. That's that's what we're out there to do. Control the controllables, right? Yes, sir. So I want to go back to to Coach Leipold and his staff and how 
about your maturation as a Kansas Jayhawk and, and what you what you went through with the old regime and just kind of tell everybody how it's different. You mentioned that, hey, this is real. We got real guys. We got real coaches. Wayne and I talk about it all the time that all 10 of the assistant coaches were retained last year. And that rarely happens across college football because guys are getting job. But talk about the continuity with you and Coach K, you and Coach Leipold, and just the coaching staff and the whole just atmosphere around the Anderson family complex. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as bringing everybody back in a sense of coaching staff and then like a lot of people staying, I think it's just a lot of people are – um, you know, excited of what we can do this year based off of what happened last year. And they know that we need everybody coaching staff player wise that was here last year to do it again. Um, everyone, as far as like an offensive perspective with coach K, like we do so much with the coaching staff throughout the year where, you know, we're going to the coaches houses and we're playing, you know, pickup basketball, we're playing video games in the basement and stuff like that, or, you know, we're going over to Coach Samuel's house as a wide receiver group and we're watching Thursday night football every week. And he gets us wings and we all hang out with his family and just chill for a couple hours a day. Stuff like that where it's more it makes you feel more like a family and more connected than just like a player coach relationship. Man, I want to get into your head a little bit more because something you said earlier got me curious as you were talking about. Uh, people kind of doubting you uh, when you were coming up uh, through high school and being recruited. And, you know, it, it is true, man. When you look at other receivers on our roster, other receivers across the Big 12, college football, 6'4", 6'6", you know, long, high jumping guys. And, and that's not necessarily your frame. And so what is it about your mindset or what is it about a detail or facet of the game that helps set you apart to make you such a lethal weapon uh, in the receiver court. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, height and, you know, jumping ability is not, I'm vertically challenged as some people would say, I'm not six foot five, but uh, as far as, you know, giving myself an advantage in the game, I like to think that I understand football really well and can understand defense on the fly as I'm running. And so a lot of the times when I'm running routes, I'm not running at a hundred percent. I'm running 85, 95% of my total speed just to be able to gauge, you know, what this corner is doing or what the high safety is doing. And I know that I have, you know, two ways I can run the route versus, you know, man or zone and it all dictates, off of what this defender's doing, how he plays, what his tendencies are. Um, you know, watching film gets you a lot of uh, kind of uh, like little things to look at when you're playing the game. And whenever you understand, you know, your entire offense, when you understand football, you can play slow and you don't have to think and the game slows down. Whereas, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of people think that it's like it's fast, we're going fast, we're going fast, we're going fast. But everyone on the football team on the offensive side is trying to slow it down so you can just understand and control how you run, how you're working your routes, what techniques you use, and just trust in like what the coaches tell you to do. Well, I'm glad you said that. And I'll kind of bring it back to I know you and Travis Kelsey are different, but 
he finds holes in the defense, just like what you said. You don't have to be the greatest athlete. You don't have to be the tallest, the fastest, the jumps, the highest. You got to learn the game, find the soft spots, and 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 take it take advantage of them. And and we see it in all sports, whether it's a, a Larry Bird in basketball wasn't a great athlete, but he was a great rebounder, and he was a he figured out how to position. And I kind of, from what you just explained, that's kind of the way you approach it. Again, you're not going to outrun anybody or outjump anybody, but you find those holes in the defense, and and football IQ is a big part of it, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, you can be as fast as you want, but but they just play thirty yards off. You know, like <laughs> there's certain are you, things, are you, there's certain things where it it's a lot easier to just play the game slow than it is as fast as you can. Are you a Swifty? Um, my girlfriend is. She, we had fall camp the day of Taylor Swift's concert and she tried to get me to go. And I was like, I got to get up at five and be in the facility till 9 PM. I am not going to Taylor Swift concert tomorrow. <laughs> a little bit of a Travis Kelsey fan. Cause if I remember correctly, he had to like the hard, the stash going pretty solid yeah. there. Early yeah, on. no, Travis Kelsey is a, Yeah, Travis Kelsey is a beast. I love that. He's like obviously he's the best tight end in football and probably gonna be the best tight end of all time. But uh yeah, he's a beast. His mustache is amazing. And uh <laughs> I wish I could grow a mustache like that. So upcoming, here we are, Texas week, going to Austin. You talk about real football, top five. Uh they they go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, a few weeks ago, a knockoff with Crimson Tide. Uh, quarterback, receivers, defense, athletes, 80,000-plus. Talk about how you guys are approaching this week and, and talk about the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. Um, Defensive-wise, Texas, you know, they're a great team. They're you know, top to bottom, solid. There's not a weak point on their defense or offense. They – they play football really well, and it shows on film, and that's why they're a top top, top five team in the country. Um, as far as us, you know, we just had our Tuesday practice today. Um, you know, we're blaring music as loud as we can to simulate that crowd noise. We've got, you know, we've got crowd noise blaring as loud as possible. You know, everybody's covering their ears in the huddle, making sure that, you know, we're on our P's and Q's, focused on every detail. But um, for our week of prep, you know, we're keeping the main thing, the main thing, and that's play Kansas football. What's the transition like now that Kansas football is no longer a surprise to the opponent? Kansas football can no longer go on the road and sneak up on the opponent. People are expecting real competitive football to be played. And so now a Texas team that was maybe surprised and shocked a few years ago there in Austin, Texas, is now expecting a, a top-tier team to show up, which you guys will this Saturday. Yeah, you know, um, heard that a lot coming in my freshman and sophomore year was, oh, it's Kansas week, you know, we get to chill. The starters will be out by halftime, stuff like that. And, you know, that's – to us, that's as disrespectful as it gets because, you know, we're all we're all college football players here. We're all playing power five football and we wanted to turn that around as quick as possible. So where, you know, it's not, you know, can we keep this game close? We're going to be in every game no matter what. And this weekend we will do the same thing.
before we let you go, and I know next week's game is on the road, but as a guy who's been around a while, who experienced some of those very, very lowly attended games a few years ago, talk about how much it means to you and your teammates and everybody in that football complex when you run out of that tunnel and see the student section the way it is and a sellout last week. Talk about how much energy and just feel good it is for you guys to know that that you're the reason they're out there and what it does for you. Yeah. Um, you know, freshman year when we, when there was nobody besides maybe a couple parents every now and then you're running out of the tunnel and it's like, you know, the fans are what make a college football game, a college football game. Every time you think of, you know, college football on TV, you think of sold out crowds, you know, the fans are buzzing the first play of the game when the, when the, you know, opposing team has the ball, it's as loud as it can possibly be. Every third down is as loud as possible. So, you know, coming out of the tunnel against BYU this past weekend and it's packed and everyone's screaming, everyone's cheering. It just makes it that much more special because you're not only doing it for, you know, all 11 guys on the field with you and all 100 on the sideline, but you're doing it for all some odd thousand in the stands cheering you on. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate your time, Wayne, and I love having you on. We love watching you go out there and dealing. I'm excited about Saturday, 2.30 in Austin, Texas. Ranked teams, two top 25 teams, Kansas in that in that 20 range, and, and, and Texas in the top five. So we know we can do it. You know we can do it. Yes, we got to prove to the whole world that we can do it. It, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, with the two-point conversion with Jared Casey. So we know we've had success down there. And obviously they know that you've had success down there and they're sick of probably hearing it. So you're going to get a a pissed-off Texas team. But, hey, that's the way you like it, right? Yes, sir. It's the best way to do it. Well, Luke, thank you so much for joining us today on the Jayhawker Podcast. You've been great. Uh, Looking forward to the rest of the year. We're going to go bowling again. Come home 5-0 and after a big win in Austin, taking on uh, Central Florida the following week. But, uh, again, appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see you soon. Rock Chalk. Thank you, guys. Rock Chalk. That was Luke Graham here on the Jayhawker Podcast. Take a quick break. Brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the President Hilton, downtown Kansas City. We'll be right back in Wayne Isle. Talk a little more, Jayhawk Nation. Back here for the Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the Hilton President Downtown Hotel. Just had Luke Grimm on as our guest, the hero, or one of the heroes from last week. Luke had a, only two catches, but they both were for six points. I mean, he's been great. Such a reliable possession receiver and a touchdown maker. We talked about Kobe Bryant's hit, which I, I was talking to a few guys, and it reminded me. I know it's not as big as the Jadavian Clowney hit at South Carolina when he did that in the bowl game that propelled him into the number one pick. But that hit had that kind of ferocious, violent to it that was shocking that that we've seen some things being called targeting and that not, even though it was a 100% clean hit and correctly called that way. But we've seen other hits like that that get called back. He had his head out, got him with his shoulder, got the ball scooped and scored. And then 
like we talked about that uh, interception that was uh, uh, your prototypical tip drill that, that we ran into it for uh, seven points early in the second half after going down at halftime so a huge win against the cougars um 38 to 27 now on to austin texas we're gonna have some some austin texas uh longhorn fans that don't really like Kansas a whole lot because they've they, you know, the last five years they've lost to us a couple of times. We've we've had a, a, a gotten a couple of coaches or uh, one coach probably fired and Sarkeesian was the coach when we went down there and got him his first year in Austin. But big boy contest come uh, Saturday at two thirty. Yeah, a little bad blood there, obviously with the the outcome in Austin last time, but. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I don't know about you, Greg. I've had a lot of Jayhawks reach out uh, asking for tickets, letting them know we're tailgated. Sounds like we're going to have a pretty significant showing of Jayhawks that are going to be showing up uh, to Austin, at least to the folks that I've been communicating with, and it's great. But, man, how, how cool is Luke Grimm? I mean, is, if he wasn't uh, someone that you could automatically cheer for anyways, just kind of his blue-collar work ethic, kind of a – uh, a seemingly uh, a underdog receiver just because he doesn't have that prototypical build. But, man, what what, what a pleasant young man uh, to have on and, and to inter- engage and interact with. And, and he's gone up a couple of notches in my book. I mean, he was already high just, again, because you mentioned his reliability and, and, and his big-time uh, playmaking ability. But, man, that was, that was really great to get a chance to connect with him. Yeah, and he's been battling through some injuries. And a couple of weeks ago we were told that he was – a a maybe for that for the Illinois game, and he came out and had that big catch as you referenced, and uh, man, two big scores, and it's just so it's so pretty to watch when Jalen Daniels throw the ball. I mean, he he did that little right corner to the, to the end zone, perfectly delivered pass, and that other one on the on the north end where he caught it right on the end line, and uh, but but it's a, it's a it's a team effort. You know, you look at the receiving with Lawrence Arnold, Jared Casey, Quentin Skinner, Trevor Cardell had a really acrobatic touchdown catch as well that that as much credit as we give Jalen Daniels Trevor Cardell made Jalen look good on that one because it was behind him and he caught it but having a receiving core with the tandem of a great quarterback uh, is, is such a dangerous thing and then when you throw in that defense to get two scores Luke talked about how much energy and, and confidence it gave them gave them where they don't you know they don't have to go out there and do everything because this defense and I think that was the one thing I talked to people about all year. It was like, okay, we got a ton of offensive weapons coming back, but what is the defense going to do? Because we know how high-powered this this conference is. We're going to score 40 to 50 points. Can the defense hold them to less? That was the big question. And, you know, holding BYU to 27 points, obviously new to our league, but BYU's, uh, you know, you've watched them for many, many years. They've always been – somewhat of an offensive juggernaut and, and, and Slovis for them could really throw the deep ball, but we hold them to 27 points. And in this day and age of college football, if you can hold a team to 27 points, you got a great chance of winning. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you do. And you know, when you think about the, the four games that we've played other than the Missouri state game, there really hasn't been any significant like blowout or, or, or point margins, um, you know, Illinois hung around. We were sluggish in Nevada, and actually against BYU, it was a, a one-score ball game late into the into the second second half, um, even into the fourth quarter. And so I think that's going to serve us well, especially going into 
Austin is because we're going to have to learn how to, when we do have a one-score lead, stave off offenses uh, from trying to come in and, and get that uh, that last score that, that, that could win the game. And so hopefully uh, these experiences that we've had these last three three football games will, will help build some, some confidence defensively and when we get into late-game situations uh, when the game is still potentially close. Well, you and I have been around a long time. We've seen a lot of football, obviously not experts on it. But what I do like about the this team is that we've won all those games you mentioned. We've won in a bunch of different ways. Nevada, we weren't great. You know, we're a massive favorite. End up winning by seven. Doesn't matter. It was a win. But it's always the sign of a good team when you don't have your best stuff and you go and win. Because I think we're all pretty confident in saying that five years ago, if we play like that against Nevada, against that same team, we'd probably lose that game. And those are the type of games that make a season. You have to get those wins. We're down at half to BYU, right? And, you know, kind of we felt like we were playing better than them, but we're still down, and the defense steps up. So we've won games in a multitude of ways to get these first four wins, and, and you have to win those games to get to your ultimate goal, which is a bowl game and a better bowl game than just last year getting six wins and minimally qualifying for a bowl game. That's that's where we were last year. Now we want to get to nine wins, to ten wins and up, and it all starts on Saturday at Texas. And, and again, this is a legit Texas team. I mean, Xavier Worthy, you look at Quinn Ewers, and they, they, got, they got guys. They got pros. We know that. We got pros too. But the question will be, uh, you're on the road. It's always more difficult. We can't have the type of performance that we had against Nevada going to Austin, or it'll be a long day. And we gotta we gotta rewind it back a little bit to Saturday. For those of you that were were in the booth, how cool was the flyover? I mean, that was yeah. incredible, man. Two F thirty fives buzzing around. I think we got about three three sightings of them uh, in that short little span of time. Kudos and big shout out to local Leavenworth guy, KU alum. James Elliott for helping to uh, to orchestrate that whole deal and and those things are sticky aren't easy sticky to pull off, uh, especially when we got a missing F thirty five earlier in the week. We got weather patterns coming through that could that could derail it, and I'm so glad that was able to come. And then of course we had uh, another famous KU alum with military ties, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, on the sideline, uh, making an appearance there for all the incredible things that he does for Folds of Honor helping uh, families uh, of lost veterans. Uh, so it was really kind of an incredible uh, experience all around on Saturday. But, of course, it, it's great and all capped off when we get a win. And, and, Greg, you mentioned it. We are definitely not experts in football. But one thing we are experts in, Kansas basketball. And, boom, we got the schedule release. We've been waiting for it. We've been, you got it in your hands right now. Okay, I need to know right now. Where do your eyes first go when you get your hands on the conference schedule? I'd say uh, early on, um, start the Big 12 season out at home against TCU, which they, they've really been on an uptick. They did lose a lot of guys, so we'll see about that and one. And beat us last year in the field house as well. That's right. So we go uh, right after that, first time ever, to Orlando to play University of Central Florida on January 10th, a couple road games. I look at January 20th playing at West Virginia, you know, obviously so much talk uh, with the hugging situation and then the coaching change. But before all that, 
they were kind of the talk of the town yeah, when it comes is. to the transfer portal with the combination of NIL. And it's, you know, Brian and I, at the end of every year, we'll, we'll, we'll look at a roster when we're playing them for the last time and wonder, like, okay, used to be you could be like, all right, well, he's gone, he's gone. And then these guys are the only ones coming back, and this is their freshman class. Well, that's not the case anymore because you have absolutely no idea who's going to be back. And I, I can't tell you who from last year's West Virginia team will be back, but I know they got a couple guys. They got that transfer from Syracuse who, who's a big athletic guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but you got Kerr Creesa from Arizona that was a real fly in the ointment uh, uh, for a lot of Pac-12 teams. So he's making the cross-country journey. So I look at West Virginia, get a Cincinnati at home, and at Iowa State, you know, Houston, February 3rd in Allen Fieldhouse. Kelvin Sampson does an amazing job down there. I mean, they were a one seed again last year, didn't make the Final Four, made the Final Four the year before. But uh, he does an incredible job down there. And, you know, uh, obviously your Baylors uh, got back-to-back games on the road, February 12th and 17th, Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Uh, the last time we're going to see Texas uh, – We'll obviously have a lot of guys back with Tyrese Hunter, uh, DeSue, guys like that. Uh, we don't go to Austin, which last year, it's, it's frustrating to me that the last time we we're ever going to be in Austin was last year when we when we got beat at that new arena. Beautiful arena, but that is one of the unbalanced schedule games that will not be uh, on the road for us in Austin because we got so many guys. I've kind of dominated this. Do you have the list in front of you? Or do you want me to uh, yeah, no, not, not, not the full list, but my eye immediately goes to where are the Saturday, Monday quick turnarounds, all right? And you, you mentioned two of those games uh, just by sheer matchup, but you didn't mention the games that were right to follow. So you mentioned at West Virginia on January 20th, where we, we play Cincinnati, our first time uh, that they come into the field house. Is there uh, right. getting ready for their Big 12 debut? But historically, Cincinnati – has been a really, really, really solid basketball program for, for a very long time, much in part to, to Bob Huggins and the job that he was able to do there. But just that whole uh, Ohio, you know, Rust Belt, you know, kind of steel, you know, kind of gritty. It's always kind of gray and cloudy. Yeah, and yeah but they angry. always play tough. It, it's really indicative of the type of teams that they have, tough and athletic. And so that's going to be an interesting one with that big travel day coming back from, from West Virginia. Uh, you mentioned Houston coming into to the field house on, on February 3rd. And, you know, Kelvin Sampson is probably one of the few coaches in the league now that comes to the field house and doesn't flinch because he's had success here before all the way back when he was in Oklahoma. And then we follow that up with the game on Monday at K-State, um, which is always a tough place to play uh, when you've got the, the Sunflower Showdown. And then, of course, that last game, because I think the league does it on purpose, but usually our last game, of the regular season conference is they usually try to set it up to be the conference finale or there's like championship, you know, ramifications at stake. Usually we play Baylor. Usually we play at Texas. And then who is it this year? It's Houston, March 9th. On my birthday, on my birthday, I'll be 41. I'll be looking forward to a win on the road at Houston, uh, hopefully to clinch uh, yet another big 12 championship for coach self and, and the Jayhawks. Yeah, and then right before that, on March 5th, be senior night uh, in Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas State in the Sunflower Showdown. Now, senior night doesn't have the same kind of bang that it did before because 
I don't know, I'd have to think about our seniors. Obviously, Kevin McCuller in his eighth year of college, he'll finally be a senior. Uh, but a lot of guys could be seniors, but it's just this day and age, it's just different. It's not the 45-minute senior speech that Wayne gave in what year was that? 03 or 05, I'm sorry. It's still on the clock because I think I think it's you and Jordan Juniman with the longest speech ever. Hey, we'll, we'll take it. We, we put a lot of work in, man. That, that's all your response? You don't have any, that's just generic right. response like that? Come on, you can put a, put a lot of work in, man. Had a lot to say, a lot of people to thank. I'm trying to like elicit some trash talk or something, but oh, man, no, no, it's no, too I mean, nice. Well, you're too you, nice. It, it's funny because Coach Self gives me a hard time about that speech, even to this day, 20 years later, and how long it was. And 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 he's pretty pretty long winded on the mic as well. Whenever he now that's a good point. He <laughs> does throw a lot of shade at guys that talk a long time, and then you're like, okay, well, you just I ask you a 12 second question, and you just gave a 37 minute answer. It happened the other day. We were with some BYU folks, and he, man, he talked talked for a long time. Pretty typical, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's a special occasion, and, and guys will will, will never. Never forget it, and very rarely do you have a time to have, to have a mic in front of a, a audience of yeah. uh, that size that, that that cares about the program so much. So, and I'm fine. Hey, you know, man, sign Kevin up for another year. Sign Dewan up for another year. I'm I'm just fine with with uh, unorthodox senior nights because we get to keep some good guys around a little bit longer. And then the only other thing to talk about in the schedule that the Big Twelve tournament, which is always in Kansas City, will actually be a five day tournament now that with the uh, with the additional teams, it's going to start on Tuesday. Think about that. Which, uh, yeah, so uh, get used to that. So us, man, more basketball to watch. Yeah, yeah. What else we got to do that week? March is not down at the President Hotel, man. More rooms to book. That's right. More rooms, more nights. Philip Stranod at the President Hotel downtown Kansas City, great sponsor of this podcast. Next week we've got. The late night in the fog. This is, uh, gosh, I got to do the math. I want to say 38, maybe 38th or 39th late night in the fog. Uh, Flow Rider will be their name. Two Flow Rider songs, Wayne. Go. Who? Yeah. No, <laughs> not, it's not the who. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. I don't know any of the songs. You need to get down for real and check it out. Oh, I see what you did there. You you, you tied both those in there together. Well, well played. Maybe I should have prepped you, put it in your script or whatever. Come on. It's Flow Rider. And you can't I don't know say, any Taylor Swift songs either. My bad, bro. Uh, I can name like that. Shake It Off is about it. That's that's I've heard that one a lot. I live with. Are your girls Swifties? Uh, no, but they 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 were aware and and pretty frenzied at the rumor that, that she was in Lawrence, Kansas uh, yesterday. I don't know if that's been confirmed nor fully denied. Any, anyone figure that out? Uh, Robbie Jeffries from our office was at lunch at Free State yesterday, and he said he walked out, and there was like 250 people out there, students, and they were all bugging him. And he goes, I don't know, we just had lunch. We didn't see her. But uh, he came into my office. He goes, I just had one of the weirdest lunches. That, uh, that I, I That's all it takes is just tweet it out that she's there and – they will show. Hey, so, Chiefs football season. Yeah, I, I I hope this all works out. I <laughs> don't want to hear a 
the next album, the next for, album of for, for defending Super Bowl champion's sake, not for not for anything else other than to defend the Super yeah. Bowl. I just don't want a song called like 87 because it didn't work out. Or <laughs> whatever. That's a whole nother deal. I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. They seem to be enjoying themselves. Uh, volleyball split down at Texas Tech last week. Uh, a little frustrating on that first one as you talk to our volleyball uh, program, but we're able to lose the first match and then got them on the second day, still in the top 25, had a couple weeks off for golf. And so just gearing up for this big one Saturday against Texas. And then, oh man, can you imagine coming home five and oh, and then central Florida comes to town and they're, you know, they were in Manhattan last week and they're going to go home and then come back to our great state. So hopefully we can greet them the same way they did up, up uh, the way just to the West of us and send them out of here. So big, big weekend looking forward to uh, watching that one. Uh, You mentioned, how many people want to go to that game? Like I just got a text from Devonte Graham wants to, wants to go to that game. He's in San Antonio, not far away. Uh, got a lot of uh, my donors that I deal with on a daily basis that are making the trek down there. And I just, you know, I say that like that's common. It's really not. I mean, uh, it, this is a show and they want to see the show on the road and uh, you know, visiting, visiting teams don't get very good tickets, but when you're watching the game look in the upper you know corner there's going to be a lot of blue and red up there and, and, and again we do the same thing for our visitors so it's not like texas is doing something wrong but but uh, it is what it is and we got a nice contingent going down there and and hopefully we can get out of there man on an island mentality we talk about it with basketball all the time you're in your little bubble nobody cares that you're in austin texas they not going to say nice things to you but that almost makes you closer. I mean, you and I experienced that as Kansas basketball players. We got everybody's best shot. Now, it's a little different in football because because of where we're making that climb to. But, man, it's a, it's a kind of, a again, a man-on-island mentality. Like, you got to go take, take it and get it done and get out of there with the win. And one of the greatest things ever is what? On the road, here in that rock chalk chain. How many good memories did you have at the, at the well, you were probably Missouri, uh, not the Hearn Center, but but Bramlage. Or no, my Gallagher favorite was Colorado, at Boulder. At Boulder Ooh. was the favorite. All of our Western Kansas fans, it was easier for them to get to uh, Boulder, Colorado, than the Lawrence, Kansas. Got a great alumni base in the Denver area. That was my favorite, favorite spot to, to hear the Rock Talk channel on the road. All right, big fella, that'll do it for another edition of the Jayhawker podcast. Luke Grimm, many thanks for coming on with us. He was great. Look for him to be great again on the field along with his teammates. Uh, Volleyball back at it. Next week, late night, Friday night, come to Lawrence and spend the weekend. Come up on Thursday. Hit all the spots. Go to late night on Friday. Pack the booth once again for Central Florida. But first things first, take care of business. Down in Austin, Texas, I am Greg Gurley. That is Wayne Simeon. This is the Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the Downtown President Hotel, Hilton Hotel, Phillips Trinidad, right across the street from Power and Light and the T-Mobile Center. Call Philip and get booked today, December 30th versus Wichita State and obviously the Big 12 Tournament. Jayhawker Podcast, Rock Chalk.